No one likes to feel stuck, especially by your cloud. But the IBM cloud is the most open and secure public cloud for business. It can manage all your apps and data anywhere. Smart loves problems. IBM, let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash flexible. This is The Sporting Life on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Here's Jeremy Schapp. When you think about college sports and the landscape of college sports over the last century and a half, there are a few conferences, of course, that are more important than others. One of those conferences, of course, is the Big Ten, which hasn't actually had 10 teams in it in quite some time, but we still call it the Big Ten. And now there is a new book which celebrates the history of Big Ten athletics. It's titled, This is Big, How the Big Ten Set the Standard for College Sports, published by the Big Ten. And it is written by our old friend Ed Sherman, a longtime reporter for the Chicago Tribune, who joins us now. Ed, thank you for being with us. Well, thanks for having me on. It's great. To, I enjoy your show. I'm glad to be, uh, be a part of it. Well, I know you're up early on the weekend, so you really don't have any choice. There's nothing else to listen to other than the sporting life. You know, it's just kind of stuck no, there. It's great. But I, but, great but, driving into Chicago. <laughs> When I do my radio show, you're on at uh, 5 in the morning or replays on at 5 in the morning, and, I, and it makes my drive back uh, to a golf show in, in the summers. And That's one of our best slots, actually, anywhere in the country. I'm improving. So. I'm helping your ratings. Glad to do it. <laughs> so, Ed, you know, this is a big story to tell, and it's a beautiful book. It's kind of a it's a picture book, a coffee table book, but there's a lot of – there's a lot of meat there as well. How do you even wrap your head around telling the story of so many different schools and so many different sports? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and you know, and I kind of, I just want you know, and I kind of go back to what you um, you kind of alluded that the Big Ten uh, stays, the, is, it remains the Big Ten, even though there's now 14 schools in it. And there's kind of even a story that kind of gets to the heart of where you begin um, when when the Big Ten added Penn State. Uh, in 1990, 1990 uh, Jim Delaney was a new commissioner, and he just started. Uh, I don't even know if he'd been on the job for a whole year, but he was brand new, and he kind of went. Uh, the next step was, okay, what what are we going to change the name to? We've got 11 schools. We've got to change the name. And, you know, he hadn't had been around in this Big Ten culture for a long time, and he immediately got this pushback from people. No, no, we're not changing the name. We're the Big Ten doesn't matter, you know, how many schools we have. And Penn State even said, we joined the Big Ten, you know, and that name had that brand, that identification um, that, you know, that had gone on for since the turn of the century, turn of the 20th century. And uh, and I think that's kind of where you start, trying to get your arms around telling to tell the story. And you kind of tell the story from the beginning. You know, the Big Ten was the first conference uh, 1895 uh, it was founded and it was really founded not because of sports that they wanted to fi- uh, that they wanted to form a conference and play games it was an attempt by the presidents seven presidents who met in the Palmer House in Chicago to kind of get this their arms around this new college idea of college sports that college sports were being played on their campuses in the late 19th century and it was pretty much the wild wild west uh, mentality you had uh, so, you know, obviously you had pros, you had athletes who didn't intend school, and then you also had athletes who were playing on multiple schools, and they wanted to try to get their arms around it. was the first attempt in what has been an ongoing attempt, you know, ongoing quest, you know, through, through today to try to 
make this thing about athletics and academics. And that's kind of where I started uh, and went from there. It's a great story. There's a lot of athletes, you know, to tell stories of and a lot of great twists and turns, too. It's really kind of did, you know, the Big Ten being the first conference and being the first in so many things, it was there's just so much to write about, and it was very exciting to be able to do it. We're speaking with Ed Sherman, longtime sports writer for the Chicago Tribune, author of several books. His latest is This Is Big, How the Big Ten Set the Standard in College Sports, and it is a celebration, a documentation of the history of the Big Ten in sports. And, you know, that's... Uh, uh, that's a statement sure to start some, some debates, how the Big Ten set the standard <laughs> in college sports. Um, but, but one of the things that interests me most as someone who's covered the landscape of college sports for a long time is, is the push and pull, the tension between the athletic mission of big schools and the academic missions and sometimes the ways in which they certainly enhance each other and complement each other and the ways sometimes in which, uh, they, they, but up against each other. Mm-hmm. How has the Big Ten for 130 years almost managed that dynamic and done it so well? Well, it's interesting. You know, obviously nobody's perfect and they've had their issues. And uh, That's what Joey Brown said in Some Like It Hot, right? Nobody's perfect. It's, it's right. the same. <laughs> but, uh, right. But, uh, but uh, they did kind of, you know, they did try to at least, you know, throughout their, throughout their, history try to do things that kind of uh, put academics first. Initially, they had no freshman playing uh, in the early 1900s, and they kept that all the way through, you know, the 1970s. They, for a long time, they didn't even participate in bowl games until 1947, and uh, when they signed their deal with the Rose Bowl, and then it was until the early 70s that they allowed other teams to go to the Rose Bowl. I think you had a uh, another team to go to bowl games. You had a because they didn't want to have these, and they also had a, a no repeat rule because they felt like it was going to be, you know, that you couldn't go to the Rose Bowl two years in a row because it would be taking students out of student athletes out of school too much. And when I and and and, um, and for I think it was nineteen seventy five was the first time that they allowed more than one team to go to a bowl game. So those great Bo Schembechler teams of the early seventies, I think they went thirty two and one over a three-year period, something like that. And they did not go to a ball game, which is hard to believe. Um, so they kind of took these steps to try to, um, uh, you know, to try to start somewhat kind of rein in, you know, give, give, give these kids some balance, give these athletes some balance. I think one of the things that they did very well was on the, um, on the women's sports side. And I, and I write about that in the book with a, a chapter about how they, they, they eventually, with not without a lot of struggle, uh, came in and, and uh, incorporated women's sports and lift up the, lifted up the participation numbers. When Jim Delaney took over in 89, I think it was 72 to 28 and uh, the percentage men to female athletes. And he wanted to do something about that and put a, not a voluntary mandate, it wasn't required, but he asked the schools to eventually get to 60-40 and from 60-40, they're now pretty much 50-50, 14 men's sports, 14 women's sports. So I think those are steps that the Big Ten has taken to try to, you know, give opportunity and also try to um, uh, get their arms around this whole thing of athletics and academics and having them mix, go together. We're speaking again with Ed Sherman, 
His new book is This Is Big, How the Big Ten Set the Standard in College Sports. Uh, it, it's, it's a terrific book and it, it encompasses the whole history of the conference going back 125 years now in terms of sports. Um, when I think, Ed, of some of the great conferences, you know, whether it's the SEC or the ACC, the Big 12 or the Pac-12 now, um, I might think of a specific sport that, that, that conference is most closely associated with. When you think of the Big Ten, it feels like it's everything. It's basketball. It's football. It's track. It, it, it's, is it different than the other conferences in that sense? Well, I think so. And I'll give you a great statistic, and I'll use an ESPN, uh, a statistic from ESPN. You remember at the end of the 20th century, you guys did this terrific sports century series, and you rated the top 50 athletes of the 20th century. Five athletes from the Big Ten were in the top 33. Five. And they weren't. So and let me name the names for you. Jesse Owen, Jack Nicholas, Red Grange. From basketball, you had a guy named Magic Johnson. And then from swimming, a guy named Mark Spitz, Indiana. And so you talk about not only, um, you know, how it's everything. And obviously the Big Ten has a great heritage in football and basketball. Um, you know, and we have Ohio State, Michigan, which is the greatest. I mean, I think you can make a case as the greatest rivalry in sports. I'm glad you qualified that. <laughs> I know there's some people who's going to argue, especially I covered a few Alabama Auburn games, so I know I know a little bit about that. But uh, <clears throat> but it's those athletes and uh, who who you know who, who transcended <clears throat> you know the generations. I mean, I just went and did a, a symposium at the University of Illinois. For and Red Grange, and he, you know, last played there what almost a hundred years ago, and we're still talking about it. Jesse Owens. We'll talk about forever. Jack Nicholas. will talk about forever. You know, Magic Johnson, Mark Spitz. Every time there's an Olympics, they talk about him. And it's not just the athletes. And I write about all these athletes in, in an athletes and coaches section. It's not just the athletes, but you had coaches like such as Dan Gable, who was the all you know transform wrestling. A coach named Doc Consulman, who was in, at Indiana Swimming, but basically transformed swimming. He did so many innovations that much of what swimming is like today goes back to goes back to him. And um, and obviously you have Woody Hayes and, and Bo Schembucher, and even go back further, Amos Alonzo Stagg at Chicago, back at the turn of the century, he was the first big name coach. And I write in the book that almost I, I give this list of all the things that he was credited with coming up with tackling dummy, you know, so many different things, numbers on uniforms, I mean, everything. He was such a great innovator. Well, we could talk about the Big Ten from now until the end of time, but uh, you could, on the other hand, just buy Ed Sherman's new book, which is This Is Big, How the Big Ten Set the Standard in College Sports. And I think that's a very fair argument to be made. Ed, uh, congratulations on the new book. It's always a pleasure. Thanks for coming on The Sporting Life to discuss, uh, as best we could in only 10 minutes, the entire history of the Big Ten. <laughs> well, thanks. It's always a great pleasure to talk to you. You're one of my favorite guys in the business, and I wish you continued success. I'm Jeremy Schapp, and you can listen to new editions of The Sporting Life every Saturday and Sunday morning on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, beginning at 6 a.m. Eastern Time.